0: Are you struggling to overcome overwhelm and invisibility in your business? Have you been trying to just find that right story, that right message that connects to your audience, that connects you to your business and why you have it in the first place? If so, you are in the right place because today our guest, Tovit Neiser, a multidisciplinary entrepreneur is sharing her inspiring journey from starting her first business when she was 12 all the way to her current role as a founder of yellow roads you are going to love this conversation hello friend i'm kendra and you've tuned to the invisible to invincible podcast where passionately driven business owners share their journeys from hidden gems to industry leaders together we'll uncover the secrets mental shifts and visibility and marketing strategies that turn these hidden gems into undeniable forces. So hit that subscribe button and let's dive in. Welcome to me. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Before we get started, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're doing today? Sure. So I'm today the owner of Yellow Bricks Consulting. It's
1: a consultancy firm. What we do is help startup tech, technological companies and startups, fine tune and carve out the business story. Anything to do with storytelling, with content strategy, with naming, wording, branding, positioning, I can call it a fractional CMO, coming and helping them convey their messaging outside. I started my career actually in journalism. Then I had a, a content creation company. Then I was hit by a startup bug. So I had two software, software startups. Then I joined a third one, which was hardware. And I led the marketing and business development there until it was acquired. Then I shifted backwards to helping other technological companies grow their business.
0: Wow. So you've <laughs> had several businesses over the years. That's right. fantastic. What age were you, if you don't mind my asking, were you when you started your first business?
1: Um, 30. 30. 30. 30-ish. Yeah. I always had, I consider myself a multidisciplinary entrepreneur, meaning I'm not settled with one thing because I have many, I'm very curious and I like to learn about different things and to try things that are of interest to me. So I had all these New, like small startups, but not technological. I invented when I was 26, I think, an in-flight magazine for children. So when you fly with your kids or young kids who fly by themselves and they have just a stewardess accompanying them, they could read about the destination. So I, I created a big one of a mock-up and I sold some advertisements, slots there. And I uh, got in touch with an airline company that uh, agreed to uh, deliver that and distribute that to kids on the plane. Naturally, it did not. It wasn't really uh, viable as a business, so it didn't pick up. It didn't, you know, uh, fly as I wanted. But uh, anything that sparked my uh, curiosity or interest, I kind of went with it since I was a kid. Well, the first one was when I was, well, okay. Now you
0: got me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's
1: hear it. it. Yeah. It was the summer holiday and I was, I guess, the only child who woke up really, really early every morning to go to the bakery, get the buns, made the sandwiches, then walk through the offices, sell those. And by 10 a.m., when everyone started waking up, I was counting the money. So, yeah, I don't know. Entrepreneurship was always there. It's a bug. You can't really Mm -hmm. get rid of it.
0: Mhm. It's and still there. It's still here. What are some of the things because you've been doing this for a while and you've you've had several different businesses and can you talk about some of the shifts that you've made throughout that took you from into technology and out of technology to begin with?
1: Right. So, into technology has to do a lot with the personal Ordeal. My mom, when she was 50, she passed away on her 50th birthday on a plane. Yeah. Going Mm -hmm. to Thailand for a holiday with my dad. Yeah. That was crazy. But then years later, yeah. Years later, I become I became a mom myself and I felt that my girls, I knew that my girls never met her, but I really wanted her to be present in their life. So uh, I thought of, a digital platform that would be like a, a memorial, a digital memorial. Well you a place where you will gather all the memories of one person, be it the videos, the photos, the recipes, yeah. the songs they loved or songs they sang, same with videos and movies, and just one place of commemoration and then shared with others and then others can add their own perspective of that person or the memorabilia they have. And I started that with kind of hope that this would be her, you know, living well, sadly enough failed. Oh. But that was not very shocking because I, the person who created it, wanted to use that, never used it. Oh. And it took years afterwards to realise that most people, myself included, do not want to kinda sit and why with the memories. And if they do want to commemorate someone, they want to do that through life. So, what I invented or initiated with time was to do once a month, we call it Grandma Day. So, that's a fun day that I take my daughters to do something paid off my mom's not real credit card, like she would buy you whatever you want. Let's go and do what she would want to do with you. So, it started as things that she loved, like she loved playing piano and painting. So, we would go out to places. And do that and uh, had fun doing that. And after a while, we thought if she were here and she was here, it would have been whatever you would like. I mean, if you would like to go shopping and do silly things, she would do that naturally as a grandmother. Nothing to do with what she loves, but all about you. And that's what it shifted into like going to the movies, going shopping, and just having fun and calling it grandma days and, and you know, memorizing coming up with things and memories that they don't own but now it's theirs like things she would say things she would do so sometimes tech is helpful and sometimes it's just not the right fit yeah so that's out of tech and in tech yeah (laughs) i think that that was the shift that's beautiful
0: That's beautiful. One of the things that my sister and I decided for my niece and nephew we would do for my brother's children is that every year for their birthday and for the holidays, instead of doing presents for them, we give them adventures. So it's become a routine for us where we make this big birthday board we tried paring it down we tried doing other things while we streamlined it over the years it's still the board is essential there's certain things and it's amazing even as kids like the routine of the day right they know they're going to get a board they know that there's the number of adventures to the year they were born right so if they're turning my just turned nine he had nine adventures that day and some of them are small some are big and it's turn, and it, each one has an envelope. Sometimes there's bonuses, and sometimes they're as simple as we're going to play soccer. Show us your best soccer tricks at the beach. We all have to like roll a dice and do the number of tricks with a soccer ball that's on the dice. Two. We took them on a sailboat, right? Like they they vary big and small, but it's that routine and it's that building those memories and those experiences and building those stories that they can take with them later. And that's, you're doing that with Grandma Day, which is beautiful as well. But those memories are things yep. that they just absolutely love.
1: I just love your idea. And we subscribe to that with our girls. As the parents, we never buy presents. We just mm-hmm. do something and we give them memories yep. to hold on to and cherish. Because, you know, you, you buy this squashy melon or whatever you call that doll. And my daughter has... All her bed lined up with all them. And you can't really tell who is the girl and who is the doll. but that's for friends. And we tell her, we do something together. We go on a holiday, which is for you. We go on vacation, do things together. That's not physical.
0: Absolutely. Not now, here's my question. How do you take that kind of experiences and do that with your clients and do that with with make your clients and the work you're doing now memorable in that way.
1: Wonderful. So it starts with a memorable or actionable event where we meet up and we have a long session of understanding why they're doing what they're doing. What's part of that? Why they're doing this and not something else? If they would have an opportunity or a chance, would they do something else? So maybe their passion isn't there. Once we understand really what's in it, that prompted them to solve that technological problem. Something happening in the family, maybe medical device company, solving something that's close to their heart or anything else. We dive in and we find the motivation and we think of their mission and the vision. From there, we start to understand the language. And the story behind it at times could serve us. If they're on stage delivering a presentation, if their presentation itself starts with the the personal story, that's when we capture the audience's attention. Be it buyers, be it investors, be it whomever on the website. You don't really connect with the product, with the physical thing. Like like we just agreed now, right? It's not just the box. It's what it right. serves. It's the promise. So we have to go and find their story. Maybe sometimes it, it has to do with the childhood or with the family, anything that, that raises emotion. Mm -hmm. build things that you can actually connect and subscribe to.
0: How hard is it for some people to find those stories?
1: Wow, very hard. (laughs) I had an, ages ago when I had a, a boss and I was complaining that everything is so simple, telling a story. And I was complaining because I felt like, what's the deal here? Anyone can do that. And he told me, no, this is your line of business. This is your expertise. And for others, it's really, really difficult. And add to that, even for myself and probably for you, if you start your work on your website, a new one, or your LinkedIn profile, it's really hard to do it for yourself because you have to step out and you have to zoom out, but then you have to zoom in. It's a bird's eye view on the industry and the mission and the future goals but also going inside and understanding why am I the best person to do what I'm doing? What's in my DNA, in my CV? What have I done through the years? It goes through one career to the other, one step to the other, one position, and connects everything together. And that's where the story lies. It's really, really difficult. It's even for myself as well. Whenever I revise something or test a new product, it's hard to tell why I'm doing it now. And until I find it,
0: I don't really have the perfect words or the right ones. It's so true. And it's funny you say that because it's one of those things that I specifically remember when I was young and all the way up to, I would say, mid to late 20s. I just assumed anyone could write. Anyone could tell a story. It was easy. It's one of those things that came easily for me. Once again, for other, when I'm writing about other stuff, not myself, right? Like, <laughs> um, but I took it for granted that anyone else could too. So I didn't even realize the value of what that was for me because it was so easy for other people. And I know when I talk to friends and clients, there's certain things like a friend of mine is very process oriented and she can take anything and make it a linear process that's very clear and organized and has one focus. And that's not how my brain works (laughs) I'm more yeah. multi-passionate, like, I'm going to work on this, and I'm curious about that, and I'm going to carry And somehow all of that will end up in one thing, but the way yeah. I get there is going to be completely different. But you just take for granted. A lot of times we take for granted what we're best at and and, don't, and overlook the yeah. impact it can have on other people.
1: But that's where the sheep starts. Mm-hmm. That's where the value comes in, even the pricing. When you understand you're the only person who can do that or do that so easily, so fast, so professionally, so unique. And for you, it's easy, but who cares? That's your charm. That's your zone of genius. That's what we need to. That's a term that I adopted a few years ago, and I really try to look into that and see where my zone of genius lies, where I'm best at, feeling best, best to others, you know. The ROI, the return on investment, like I do less but give more, that's best. I mean, that, and that's where you can actually balance your life because you're in the best state of yourself, your best self, and also have enough time because you can charge enough or the right easy things come. So it means that it works.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually trying to remember right now. I think I have it over there on my bookcase next to me what the what book that is that they talk about the zone of genius and it i like looking, it's somewhere over there i've got a bunch of books next to me it would be like, good to give eight. <laughs> yeah for sure I think it's gary hendrix i'll have to look it up but one of the things that when you shifted into yellow bricks your current business can you talk a little bit about that shift and how that worked, and what made you decide to go into storytelling and all the tremendous work you're doing now? I don't remember who the person who said that. Maybe that
1: legal boss that noted that, that it's so easy for me. But I think someone asked me to revise my career, and then I looked back and I looked for common commonality, and I saw I was a journalist, and then I created content. And then in my startups, there was a lot to do with marketing, and I love writing. I published a novel two years ago, and it's going to be translated into English this year. And I know I love it. I know I'm good at it. I know I need to do something with words and with content. And I could be, I mean, I've done that low-tech journalism, and then I've done that high-tech. But it's always there. And once I found that thread... I decided, okay, we have a name. The child has a name. It has a personality. We can acknowledge it. We don't need to fight. I think it was around the time that I was debating if I'm zigzagging my way, which is not really my generation. Mm -hmm. I'm an 80s, 80s girl. It's not, I mean, my daughter or her older friends could do that, kind of change jobs every six months, look for themselves, invent themselves, blah, 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 but future of work actually talks also for our generation about finding what you're good at and just being okay with that and if you want to change if your characteristic means that you're changing and shifting that's okay so i asked myself a lot of questions around my career and what i've done and what i'm good at and what i'm having fun doing bringing most value and then i realized Similar to journalism, where you pick up many different stories, but you have one essence, which is writing. Here, working with different companies, be tech companies or even low tech, meeting people, working with them on the story, but having the prerogative of sneak peek to each industry, even in technology, it could be fintech, it could be agriculture, it could be medical devices, anything. So I have access to all of that. And I don't want to give it away. I don't want to just commit to one unless it's a venture or side thing that I do as an entrepreneur. But as a business, I decided that my strength is helping others tell that story, understand what their story is, put it in words, and then help them share it externally, the content strategy. And that's what I also teach. I do consultancy, but part of it is workshops. So I help them craft a very well called outreach, called email, how to write. How do people want to, what kind of emails people want to get in their mailbox? Because usually it's, it's spam and it's annoying and it's, yeah, nothing that you would start a communication through. But when I teach them step-by-step step, the methodology that I develop, it has to do a lot with research and knowing the other person, communicating well. So I teach that and
0: storytelling. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that you said there. And I think that one of the most important is actually writing the type of emails that you would like to, I mean, there's so many things you said in there, but I'm going to focus on this one right now is writing the type of emails and telling the types of stories that you would want to hear mm-hmm. as it relates to your audience, because there's so many things that that's that are overlooked and so many details that are overlooked that a lot of times companies will get you know this idea of their marketing and their content and their story and here's our here's our story and our mission and our vision but then they hold it right it doesn't evolve it doesn't grow it doesn't get applied to anything so when you start to look at how do you apply this to your content how do you apply this to your email how do you apply this to your communication that distilling of that story helps keep it alive right like what we were talking about with experiences before it helps that evolve and keep it alive and make it an actionable useful thing and not just oh yeah there's our story and our mission vision that's on the wall right like we do so yeah. <laughs> just copy base
1: whatever Don't exactly. ask us, we'll go to page two exactly yeah. and also uh, maintaining a holistic thread.
0: Okay. if you
1: have that vision have it through all the other places, all the other outlets, and come with a, a logic that the audience and the purpose is the first thing. It's why you're doing that, to whom are you doing that. And then when you understand the value that you give in to your specific audience, then you communicate in a way that they would adhere, they would understand, they would want to consume, they would want to be, it's not even consuming. It's the, it's not the physical thing. It's not a monitoring, it's the value in the relationship. And then from there, once you have the story, when you have everything lined up, you understand it's so easy. Once you finish the hard thing, it's so easy because it comes up naturally. Naturally, you would go to conferences of this and that places and people, because that's where you will meet the right, you know, customers or whatever stakeholders. So everything comes together when we ha- you have all the puzzles, all the pieces align once you crack down the, the essence of what you're doing. Absolutely.
0: How and I know this is a very hard thing to do because we've already talked about when you're trying to do it for yourself. But if someone's listening, do you have any advice for them in terms of how to find your own story or how to get started thinking about that?
1: Okay. If we're talking about individuals, because even company owners are also individuals, yeah, you can start by, by doing a very simple exercise and going backwards to your career. Even like I said that I started at 12, so that's the entrepreneurship bug or spark That's where it started. So it shows you that this is something that goes along with me. And from there, you can extract the characteristics. What does it entail? What does it mean to go when you're just 12 years old? You knock on doors and offer things. You for sure understand what selling is all about because you started at the bottom at a very young age. So with anyone who's listening, you can go if you have the LinkedIn, even the basic profile there, or your CV that you're submitting somewhere. Go through all the jobs and positions. Don't think about what you've done, but the essence. Note, I answered calls. I was selling to Fortune 500. No, you were doing something else, something deeper, with a lot more meaning. And maybe there's a commonality there. Maybe there's a line that goes along and threaded through your years of career. And that's where the story lies. And also ask yourself at the same time, what do you like? like? Hypothetically, if you can do whatever you wish, what would it be? Like another question, tomorrow is your last day. That's easy, right? And there are times when you are hit by this giant car or truck and life forces you to ask that question. So don't wait for that truck to hit you.
0: Just ask today. Absolutely. No, it's so funny you say that because one of the things that I just created recently as a giveaway is a workbook to create basically like a bucket list for your career. It's meant to take an hour or longer if you want, but an hour to sit down and go through the exercises to start looking at like, what are the things you want to accomplish? Whether your career Is going to last 10 years, five years, or whether you have 30 years left in your career, what are the things you want to do? It was one of the tools I found the first time I got laid off. And there were certain things, it wasn't that per se, but there were certain things that I was like, what do I want to accomplish? And like the book I was going through had me outline it in a certain way and I've refined it over the years. But it's something that I hold on to because like, yeah, I did want to write a book. I had a couple slated. I did not realize that writing digital, co-writing digital etiquette for dummies would be the first book I would ever write. But there we are and it's on my list and now I've written a book and so now I'm free to do whatever. Start looking at those things and start creating those, that bucket list for your career, not just your personal life. Like what, what legacy do you want to leave? What does that look like? what did you enjoy the most when you were younger and working or now working? Like it it goes right into some of the things you were just talking about in terms of the essence of it of sounds like a lovely gift. Pardon? And i thinking about it sounds like a lovely
1: gift for oh. anyone to get to receive. And also I'm thinking about twenty twenty four and just started and that's a great time if you haven't before oh. to write out the plan. And I'm thinking, and I'm sorry that I can't quote that person again. I mean, another person I'm just quoting without giving no. credit. And I'm thinking of the sentence, the phrase saying that if you don't create your own plan, you'll be part of someone else's plan. No. I'm sorry. Well, just add that later, maybe. We'll add it
0: later. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Well, I do. I'll add but, it. but that's a
1: great. That's a great sentence. And I try to live by it because when you have a plan, It's one step closer to getting it done. Mm -hmm. And and my tip, I think, the the reassuring thing is that writing that plan together with monetary expectations, Mm -hmm. like when do do I want to make this year, put a number on that. As crazy Mm -hmm. as you can, logical and then crazy and then like fantasy version. And breaking down into, I want to be interviewed to Forbes or whatever things like mm-hmm. brand recognition. I want to be considered in the, I don't know, fifty by fifty or all these lists. Mm-hmm. So all the things that you want to do, write them down. Afterwards, it's much easier to work out a plan and see how you progress. You want you to up until I don't know the years that you want to see the three years plan or the five years. But without that plan, there's nothing in your hand. And you're just waiting to maybe get laid off or maybe get promoted, maybe get that bonus or raised, maybe get that investment. Who knows? But you're part of someone else's dreams. Once you have them, I know it's, it's so frustrating and it's so difficult. But I'm sure filling out the, the booklet that you've uh, created, the book, you say it's an hour. I guess it's much more. I guess it's days of thinking oh. and going backwards. It's not as. It's not. It but is. You have
0: yeah, it is not as easy. I I put a front time frame around it because otherwise, if you say it's going to take a few days,
1: no it'll yeah, just it. procrastinating and.
0: It's so interesting. I I've probably, between the places that I've worked and working on clients and my own stuff. I've probably created more marketing plans in my diverse career than just about anyone I know because of the importance of when I was employee, it was the importance of justifying the budget and setting clear goals where, okay, here's the business goals or the organization goals. Here's how we can map to those. And this is what we're going to do to map to those. And these are the some of them even had like a code, right? These are the tactics that are going to match to goal A, B or C. And this is how we outlined it all. So they knew what interwove, what was going where and why we were asking for and doing the work we did, because sometimes, especially in times of recession, they'd always come to the marketing department and be like, hey, (laughs) what are you doing before we lay you off? And other times it's been very much that less, less formal. But it's absolutely, I'm shocked by the number of people and business owners that don't work off plans, that don't have a plan that thinks it's a waste of time.
1: Yeah, but I actually think it's also for individuals. Even if you, you own a company, you have that for the company. But what about professional development, which is not only that business? And what about personal development? What about balance? The tension there is so dangerous. You get burned out so quickly. And then you start from square one again and again. Mm-hmm. So all of these things have to be aligning that plan together. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. It's so important. I honestly could keep talking to you for a lot longer and I know we need for to wrap up. <laughs> so oh. I'm not gonna make people listen to me continue <laughs> yeah. with questions. But this has been a really lovely conversation. I absolutely like love learning about more about you and what you do in your business i do have a just a few more questions if you have time for just a couple yeah yeah so when we talk about plans and goals how do you define success wow in your business we'll stick to in your it's... business
1: okay right it's It's a philosophical, almost philosophical question, right? And it's narrative question because you can always attach a story to it. Think of all the people who fail and then they go, I don't know, a year afterwards online on this, I don't know, number one site. And they are interviewed and what happened there? And they're talking to the investors and they have to justify. So sometimes that failure is just, you know, it wasn't a failure. Mm -hmm. Or twisting the story. So there are so many ways to own it and twist it for better or worse. I do want to stress that we have to be able to integrate compassion here. That's Brene Brown, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about that and being okay with not succeeding. Mm -hmm. And also, once you ask yourself what success is, even if you had On the plan, I want to make on the the business plan in the beginning of the year, and the next year follows. And you did not reach that 10 million in revenue, 100 million in revenue, or more. And you're very, very far away. So that's failure in a way. But now comes the, the, you have to dive into and understand what happened. You have to do that research and you have to ask yourself the hard questions. What happened? How can I improve? What did I do wrong? Was it external? Some, I don't know, recession in the market or layoffs, massive layoffs? No one was buying anything that I was selling specifically for that event. COVID hit. Who knew? So if I have a a conference, in-person conference event company, what do I do? So first of all, I fail. I do not stand to that criteria of success that I was planning, but I can reinvent myself and I can people so it's okay to fail it's knowing that it's okay it's more of a question of how fast you get up afterwards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's enabling yourself to fall and that's a quote there, and that's a person we have to that that's that's a quote that goes with me it's my husband uses that so much it's not our fear of falling but failing but it's the greatness comes from how fast we rise up on our feet instead Mm -hmm. of uh, and i really subscribe to that sentence to that quote it's important it's owning those failures and i did not mention earlier but i usually do i own my scars of two failures my two startups fail Mm -hmm. did not raise money did not make it Like anything off that bucket list was not ticked off. But still, I learned so many lessons that I do see these today through lenses of success or success of having, succumbing, a failure, which is also something good because when you think of what are the things that I've accomplished in my lives, I had two startups that failed. That's more than people who did not start a startup, did not did not take few years of their life to following a dream, trying and iterating and learning so many lessons and failing others as well. But that's something I experienced to its fullest, to a degree that it was a failure. And it, it, I, I sensed it as a failure. But I think within time, I could look backwards and say, I thank my path, my choices, my career for bringing these to me. And I thank myself for owning it. So it's a lot about the narrative
0: and perspective and compassion. How do you go on yourself? That's a great answer. I, I think that when we're so used to success being defined a certain way, right? The idea of success and what that means. And one of the things I do with my clients based on the NLP studies that i've done the neurolinguistic programming studies i've done is really understand their internal values because someone can say the same word like say success which is a little vague i wouldn't let them get away with that but say someone says that (laughs) no matter what or freedom or flexibility or respect whatever those words are that they use that become one of their values no one defines it the same way and so being able to understand what success means for you for somebody. Who is really excited about stability? Success might be the the nine to five job for a government that's gonna be steady from start to finish. Right. Exactly. The gold watch career. And for other people, it might be, okay, you failed you had two startups that failed. What did that what did you do afterward? It's the failures that don't matter. It's the what did you do afterward that does.
1: How so, it's you. Mm -hmm. Exactly,
0: exactly. So, and not just how fast, but what did you decide? Did you let it stop you from doing something else? Besides, did you get up and say, okay, no, that's not for me anymore, which is also okay. It really just depends on the person and, and how they look at it. But I think that so much of what you said was so beautiful with compassion and with those being willing and open to look for those lessons to really find that narrative and reframe it in a way that it's not even reframing it it's just framing it in a way that's going to help you and finding your story
1: Uh a person can go into a room and someone would say i see that you failed five times and they will say i see that i succeeded i see that i tried five times did my best it's owning your narrative and the story. Same goes with anyone who's working on their LinkedIn profile, even. It's
0: your story. Choose how to tell it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the last question I have for you, actually, I have two more. I promise we're done. I just glad I can't stop asking you questions. What advice do you have for someone who might be listening and thinking, well, that's great for them, but... My situation in my business is different. I don't have, there's nothing, there's a story in it. Do you? There's
1: always a story. I think anyone can ask their mom or their dad, and they will tell them they're a very unique snowflake, right? <laughs> Even if they're part of twins, they are very, very unique. There's just one person. And then they have to do this exercise. and. Okay? It could be going through history, what they've done. It could be going through people who love them and ask them, just tell me five words about me. Or when you think, when you see my name on the screen when I'm calling you or when you get a message from me, what is the first thing you think of? Or think of a metaphor that best describes them. Ask your customers, what are you for them? Not what's your product. Do they like to get the emails from you? Do they like to get the invoice or the receipt from you? I mean, what is the what is the reaction? What do you spark in
0: people? And I'm
1: sure if they have a business which is still working or probably working, maybe there is some hurdles, but what's the interaction between them and the world? And what they're bringing? Even if they have like a small business and they have so many competitors around, they still have people who prefer them. Because of the beautiful eyes, because of their energy, because of the essence, because of the way they're treating or addressing something. Maybe it's a consultancy and they're bringing the innovative POV. There there are answers there. But the story would really, really help and also would bring them some clarity about their value and about their essence and about why
0: they like doing what they're doing. That was beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, can you please let people know where they can find you? They want to connect and learn more.
1: Yeah. So, of course, LinkedIn, I mentioned it a lot. I try to focus on one social media. This is the business one. So to be nicer, you can find me there and connect. Please do. That's the way to build your brand. And on my website, yellowgreeks.net.
0: That's it. That's the way. easy, fantastic, simple. I love. love it. All right. Thank you so much for being here today, Toby. You're and welcome. thank you all for joining us today. And remember, at Kendralosi.com, you can find Business Visibility Strategy and Coaching and our upcoming Invisible to Invincible Lab for mindset marketing for your business. Thank you. And until next time, I'm Kendra Losi. Bye. Bye.